Waddle. Tom Waddle. Former wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Guys, amazing. 1989 All Madden team and afternoon co-host on ESPN Chicago. I think he's going to start at least eight games in the National Football League next year for a team that's going to give him a chance. It's Waddle Wednesday with Tom Waddle. Listen, I got a pedicure in an hour. When I get back here, the wheels better be spinning, all right? On Kevin G. Hood, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10, here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app as we go to the hotline. That'd be the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Tune in. It's a Waddle Wednesday on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Good morning to you, Tom. How are you? Good. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Isn't that the best? I just sit here waiting for that. It's like I'm like a child. You give me candy and I smile. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm well, good. Well, that's what we're here for, Tom, to be able to make everybody candy. smile. That's what we were told when we first took the job. Put smiles on people's faces. I heard Cap yelling at people yesterday. I don't know how many smiles there were. What was I yelling about? Weren't you yelling at Chief or whatever his name was? It called it? Chief's deranged. Well, I, that listen, that's between you and the Chief. But like, you did yell at him when you call in here, and we've listen, had multiple Cap, callers Cap. tell me uh, Justin's way better. Than Josh I, Allen. Listen, like, I, well, I, I'm with you on that. I'm just saying, like, where's the lie when I said you were yelling at somebody? You were. Well, sometimes you people need an attitude okay. correction. Okay, that's hey. that's fine. I'm just. Where's the lie with my statement that you were? I guess there wasn't. Okay, thank you. I was smiling so, the entire time, but then I, I know you were. But then again, I had gas. So there's <laughs> that always does, that, Tommy. It doesn't make you smile. That makes ah. See that. Smile. Tommy, work from home or work in the office? Um, Depends. Like, if it's minus five out, I'd rather work from home. Yeah, I'm talking about a regular thing. I'm still a fan of working with other people. Like, if I'm not around other people, I kind of, I get tired of myself. I get bored with myself. So, (laughs) like, I like to be around others. So I would say... The majority of the time, I mean, there's time and place to work remotely if you, you know, want to go on vacation, want to take a trip, but you still want to work or something like that. But for the majority of the time, I'd still rather be in office. Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that was our leading topic this morning, Tommy, because we we're just thank God, about- Jonathan. Instead of arguing about quarterbacks, well, we're gonna, we're gonna do that here. Uh, but no, <laughs> but, but the reason why is because how we grew up. I mean, we grew up with around parents or guardians or relatives that punched the clock. Yep. That would leave for eight, eight to ten hours a day, going to the plant. Yeah, you know, and that's just the way it was, and so that's kind of how we grew up. Like uh, in the in the era of the pandemic, when you have to be able to work from home, and the technology is such where you can do that, that's fine. But I think it's nothing nothing like human interaction to learn yes. about people because you can grow. Yes. So I mean, listen, not to get too deep too, but I think it's. Like, I mean, I mean, people skills, like, right? Like when, when kids were e-learning, I mean, did, didn't everyone who had kids at that age say like their, 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 their people skills and their maturation process was stunted for a period of time because you're not interacting with people. So, yeah, I don't want to be, I'm not going to ever, you know, be on one of those shows like a wilderness, you know, where you're living by yourself. Naked. I've got to be around others. Yeah. Naked and afraid Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's a daily, you know, it's daily current. <laughs> uh, the question I would have for you, because we all been watching the the playoffs, which team would you like the Bears to emulate the most that you've seen in the postseason, not on the field and from the front office standpoint? Wow, that's such a good question. Um, 
I, uh, listen, Kansas City, because I think that, you know, they're, they're the, what do you say? They're the, the gold uh, standard. The gold standard. Thank you, Cap. Uh, they're the gold standard. I was just talking to Jay Moore, too, like all the people. Like We're just in a funny place right now, I think, for whatever reason, with our football viewing and football evaluation stuff. All the people screaming, oh, you look at Patrick Mahomes. Look what, what he looks like when you take away all of his receivers. You know, that's what he'd look like here in Chicago. People, do you still realize that despite guys dropping every third pass he throws, he threw for 4,200 yards and 27 touchdown passes? Like a horrible season for Patrick Mahomes. It's the best in the history of our franchise. Yes, it's 4,200 yards, 27 touchdown passes, and a 92-and-a-half quarterback rating. Like, give me some of that on a down year. You know what I mean? So right. I, I would say... I would say the Chiefs, because, Jonathan, if you look at them, I think they're the – I mean, look, I know Shea's love for the Ravens, and I get that. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I, you know how much I appreciate how the 49ers put their team together and the offensive mind that Shanahan is. I think they lost something a little bit defensively when D'Amico Ryans left. Uh, I really loved him as their defensive coordinator. Now he's doing great things with the Houston Texans. But, look, the, the Kansas City Chiefs right now – and this is going to be, I think, Josh Allen's biggest game in his career, and they've got him where they want them in Buffalo. But think about the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs in their down year, their defense has been the portion of the team that has excelled the best. So you can't tell me that they haven't built it right. You've got arguably the best coach in the league with the best offensive mind. You've got a defensive coordinator in Spagnolo and Brett Veach and their crew that is building that team. It's the fastest defense they've ever had. It's the best defense they've ever had. And without that defense, guys, I don't think they are where they are because they have, as much as I was just joking about Mahomes, they have had a, a, a down year by their standards. So I would still say the Chiefs. Okay, so here's my question for you. I've had a bunch of my buddies who don't do what we all get to do for a living. They work regular, real jobs. They've said to me, oh, I heard DJ Moore say he wants Justin back, or the players have all said he's the guy, or they hear former athletes, not executives and scouts, oh, Justin's the best, man. They got to keep him and trade that pick. And then you listen to the Rick Spielmans of the world and the Mike Tannenbaums and the guys who've been GMs in the league and had some level of success. They go, no, you got to take Caleb Williams. So what do you say when players are coming out saying, no, 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 you got to keep Justin? Well, I think, you know, listen, you value players' opinions and their input, but, uh, you know, the... General manager, and I've heard Ryan Pohl say this, you've got to separate your emotion from the decision-making process. I mean, it can be part of it, but it can't dominate it. And what, like, who doesn't like Justin? He's a great kid. He works hard. He's a good leader. Right. You know, I mean, like, I don't expect anyone to break bad on him. But, you know, this is a business. If for whatever reason Ryan Poles decides to pivot and go in a different direction and the guy they bring in, whoever that guy may be, is a good football player, trust me. They're going to say the same things about that guy. Like, look, I mean, I've been in a thousand locker rooms, and I get it. You, you know, you, you, you like guys, you appreciate guys, you respect guys, but you also understand that it's a business. And right now, it just from an entire team perspective, how in the world could you be uh, outraged by any type of upgrade that the general manager is trying to make? You won three games in 2022. You've won seven games in 2023. You've won ten games in the last two years. Like, it can get better. You know? However the GM decides to go here, like, 
it has to be better. And whoever that offense coordinator is, it, that guy, this is one of the biggest hires you're ever going to find because that guy's going to be entrusted with one of two things, either developing the number one overall pick in the draft or getting Justin to a place that he hasn't been able to get to to this point. Whether that's Luke Getze's fault, it's the offensive line's fault, God forbid Justin would assume some of the responsibility, which I know he does. A lot of his fans don't, but he does assume responsibility for needing to be a better player as well. And guys, I'm not talking about marginal improvement. If you pass on the opportunity to draft someone first overall, that means you're expecting this guy with building around him, but he's got to be part of the improvement as well. That's significant. That's, the expectation isn't marginal. It's that this guy is going to take us to where we're going to go. And that's a lot. That's a lot to put on an offensive coordinator. So, I mean, this is, this is going to be a really interesting process to see. And, and so far, I like, to, I like what they're doing. They're bringing in a number of guys with a number to acquire as much information as you possibly can so you can make the most informed decision. But this is a huge decision. Once they decided to keep Matt Eberflus as the head coach... This, to me, is every bit as important right now as anything on their plate other than, you know, evaluating the draft prospects. Talking to Tom Waddle on the Waddle Wednesday. More with Tommy right around the corner on Cap and J-Hood. Welcome back! Welcome, Welcome back to Cap and J-Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Tom Waddle's with us on a Waddle Wednesday on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. So we were looking at the NFC North as a whole, Tommy. We're talking about quarterbacks, coach, mm-hmm. front offices, and we saw the Bears being fourth out of four. Yeah. And so now you have two of the, as Cap mentioned, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFC is are, are playing in the playoffs. That's Goff and also Jordan Love. So how far are the Bears from being where the Lions and the Packers are in particular? Um, How far is that? Uh, Well, I think that if you can find a quarterback that can do what these two guys did, whether it's develop Justin and he takes a step in that direction or you draft a guy, uh, I think you definitely narrow the gap. I mean, there's there's no question. The Lions have done this in a pretty impressive fashion. You know, the guys were giving me a hard time yesterday on the show because I had a, you know, a a very uh, vocal appreciation for what the Lions did. God forbid I want my team to win 12 games and my quarterback to throw for 60 touchdowns and and 20 interceptions over the last two years and average 4,500 passing yards and have a quarterback rating of 100 and complete 66% of his passes. Like, Take the name off the back of the jersey. I want that. Are you guys cool with that? Yes. You guys want one of those? Yes. One of those guys? Yes. So, uh, it, and it's really... Look, I don't... I'm one of these idiots that doesn't – I don't gain a ton of appreciation. Maybe this is I'm, – I'm a lot different than Cap on this front because I heard your, you espouse your hatred for three franchises uh, at the professional and the college level. I don't get my jollies from watching others in my division not do well. Like, I really – the only thing that really brings me a lot of joy is watching my team excel. So if the Green Bay Packers had fallen – that really, okay, that's cool, that's good. That just means that they're not as much of a target for us going forward. I'm worried about my team. And, like, I see all of these people, you know, making excuses for, crazy, and hearing people make excuses for why Jordan Love did what he did well. How about he's just a good football player and they got it right again, and that sucks. Yeah. But, but 
Um, to your point, Jonathan, look, I think that you know their offensive coordinator in both spots pretty good, right? I mean, their offensive coordinator in Green Bay is Matt LaFleur, their head coach. Their offensive coordinator in Denver is Ben Johnson, who's probably going to be a head coach, you know, in the National Football League in 2025. So, like, you got to get the coordinator right. you got to get the quarterback position right. And I think if you can do that in today's day and age, I think that you've definitely got a chance. And, like, right now, we haven't gotten the coordinator right. And I mean, despite what a lot of people around town want to think, the quarterback hasn't been good enough at this point. Is it you know his fault? Totally no. He's been dealt a bad hand in a lot of ways. But the quarterback hasn't been good enough. The coordinator situation hasn't been good enough until that improves. Both of them, you know, the, the Lions and the Packers are going to have a decided advantage over us. So talk to me as you like you've never had to evaluate a quarterback in your career. You were a wide receiver. You played with some quarterbacks. But what? How do? What makes me comfortable to think, if we move on from Justin, that we have the support system in place that we're going to be able to develop said quarterback? Caleb Williams is going to roll in here if they draft him, and all of a sudden, it's going to light sports radio on fire. I can't believe they got rid of Justin. Or I Thank God they got rid of Whatever your take is. What support system do we have or are we going to have besides a new OC? And you're not getting a pick of the litter there because Eberflus, for whatever reason, is coming back. It could, could be a lame duck. So what support system do we have to develop said quarterback? Well, the first thing I would say, Cap, is is I hear that all the time. Well, there's no reason to draft a quarterback first overall because we've never developed a quarterback. We've never had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns. Well, that doesn't mean you should stop trying. Agreed. So, like, that wouldn't be a, an impediment for me to draft a kid. But if I that. was the owner and you're the GM, I'm going to say to you, okay, you want to take that kid? And you did your homework. He checks every box. Tell me the support system that's developing. Well, for me, Cap, it would have started with Jim Harbaugh. But since that's not going to happen, you know, you're going to have to look elsewhere. The support system has to be the OC. Like, look, I would I would. I would look at the okay. I'll give you money tomorrow. Uh, I would I'd call or I'd look at the Houston Texans. Why is that working? Bobby Sloak Jr. is a first time play caller, right? Comes mm-hmm. from the shanty tree from mm-hmm. from San Francisco. First time play caller. Maybe the quarterback is just so damn good, mm-hmm. and the coordinator is good at his job that the marriage works. Now they spent a lot of money on their offensive line, which I expect the Bears to do. So, you know that's how you bring a quarterback along. You make sure that he has got protection. It's been an issue. They haven't done enough. They've they've improved some of it, but I would argue they haven't done enough to protect Justin. I think the kid in Houston moves around the pocket pretty efficiently. Um, again, the play caller and the the offensive coordinator is an important hire as well. But it starts there. Um, it starts there, Cap. I mean, you pick a kid that that you, you trust and you evaluate and you go, okay, that's that guy. He's worth this pick. And then you do have to surround him with quality people. Um, you know, I think it's been one of the complaints. I, I, listen, the people that that defend Justin, they've got a point in a lot of areas. Like, they, like their point isn't invalid. Agreed. They're, they're you know... What they did to him in Cleveland his first year was criminal. I told you, somebody needed to spend a night in football jail for that. Yep. They haven't really. He's had, you know, what, three offenses now, you know, going back to Ohio State in his last four years, his final year at Ohio State, the two offenses here in the National Football League. They were in a full teardown last year, not this year. 
Like, look, he hasn't been dealt a, a good hand. So, like, the people that want to support Justin and say, hey, if you improve stuff around him, he will grow and get better, I, that's not an invalid argument. It's just at this particular time, whether it's unfair to him or not, you have ass- assets at your disposal that maybe you wouldn't have had in a different environment. So I guess, you know, the roundabout answer, Cap, is is you draft a kid that, you know, first of all, you believe in, and second of all, you, like you match him up with an offensive coordinator that, you know, that is good as his job as well. And, and they, they feed off of each other. I mean, there's certain plays that come in that a good quarterback is just going to find an answer to. And then there are other times where a really good play comes in and, and it really helps the quarterback out and efficiently allows him to deliver the football to somebody that's, that's open. So, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like a simple answer, but it's got to be like hand-in-glove type of relationship. Tommy, what's the coldest you've ever been? As a player, or maybe an outdoorsman, without an outdoorsman, yeah, Jonathan. The, like when you leave the house, you're outdoors <laughs> and you're a man outdoorsman. Yeah. Well, a couple of days ago was it, but as a player, there's no question. It was the Monday night game against the Packers that it was the Halloween game where they retired Butkus and Sayers' jerseys and they put Glad bags over them instead of giving them you know rain gear. <laughs> they, they 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 retired their jersey. It was it was a pretty unbelievable you know view to see that but as a player that day it rained so much we were begging for it to turn to snow because you were drenched for three and a half hours and like 33 degrees and the wind was howling howling and the packers were whipping our ass at 44 the nothing i think they beat you whatever it was cap it wasn't fun but as much as the the beat down was not pleasant it's the most miserable conditions i've ever been in my entire life it was awful Tommy, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, sir. You do the same, Jonathan. Have a great day, buddy. And Shay and Jay Moore and all of you. We love you, Tom. Uh, The love is reciprocated.